0: Just a basic ass dude with a basic ass life. I do basic ass reviews on my basic ass types of such a basic ass down on this basic ass rhyme. Enjoy the basic ass show, you basic ass mofo. <laughs> Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Basic Ass dudes We're on episode three. We made it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Now, before we get into it, I just want to again apologize to everybody. We were supposed to release this it, last or this Monday, and uh, yeah. we're just not rec- recording it. Um, I ended up getting an eye infection, and I've been dealing with that. Uh, I'm not 100%, but the redness went away. The puffiness went away. I can finally look at some light. Um, and like as Nolan said, I, w- I would try it out for the <laughs> Mortal Kombat. By the way, that video made me laugh so hard when I saw it. <laughs> Just
1: like Kano, man, I had actually just watched that movie a couple weeks ago, so it was fresh in my mind. I was like, <laughs> he's just he's just either becoming Cyclops or Kano with, with this eye.
0: And as with everything that we do, now that you mentioned it, we're going to have to do a Mortal Kombat episode. Oh, um, absolutely. Because I have a lot to say about the, the new movie, um, and I'm a fan of the older ones. Um, but it's funny enough because Kano was one of my favorite characters in that particular movie. So when you said that, I was like...
1: I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, they made Kano pretty great in the in the new one. and they, Kano was fun even in the original movie. Mm-hmm. But man, they just make you want to hate him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I think that's a sign of a good actor, too. If, if an actor can make me hate them, not only is it good writing, but it just means that you executed the job perfectly. Totally. But today, on today's episode, we're going to steer a little bit away from movies. The first two episodes, we did movies. We did zombies. We did the Kevin James episode. And so on this episode, I wanted to do something that we're both passionate about, and that's video games. Um, So now we're going to take a dive into video games. And for me, I don't know about you, but I know for me, my favorite genre, one of my top favorite genres is first-person shooters. Um, And I don't know how you feel about them, but I know you do play them uh, as of right now, too. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: play a lot of first-person shooters, and I think really it's because it's like the most accessible pickup, put it down. You don't really need to invest a lot of your mental capacity like you do with like a Skyrim or, you know, something, uh, something along those lines. I do really enjoy first person shooters. I like a lot of sports games and, and stuff like that too. But yeah, I always find myself gravitating back towards the shooters.
0: Yeah. I like, um, first person shooters for that. Like you can kind of, that there is a competitive side of it. Um, especially when I'm you know squatted up with friends uh, my try hard hat gets put on and I, I tend to want to play a lot better just f- for the team um, and I do like more of the team based objective type first-person shooters team deathmatch is fun but I do like things that uh, have you know uh, planting a bomb search and destroy domination you know capture the flag that type of stuff I'm, I'm really into because again I like to work as a team I like to play uh, team objective type games um but i am into also it's funny you mentioned skyrim so during the whole time of me having my eye issue my playstation 3 was 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 down and my you know my daughter when she was around three years old she stuck a bunch of crap in the disc um tray and it actually doesn't have a disc tray you just stick the disc in and it it grabs it well there's a bunch of stuff in there and i originally opened up the playstation i took it all out i thought i had gotten it all And I was just hoping the laser wasn't messed up. And I put uh, a game in there and it wasn't reading the disc. And so I got really frustrated, really mad, because again, I take care of my electronics. A lot of the electronics that I still have, I've had for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, I have some surround sound DVD players that I've had since like 2000. Um, So to see my PlayStation, looks like it's going to die i'm i I was pretty bummed so i ended up putting it in my my sock drawer and said if i can find somebody who can fix it you know i'll pay somebody to fix it because i was always kind of worried about opening it anyway um but with my eye being the way it was i was like man i really want to play playstation 3 and i I knew this episode was coming and and i was like i want to be able to kind of have a refresher on some of the games that i want to discuss so i went ahead and pulled out my playstation again and i said you know what in the past year and a half, I've learned how to video edit. I've learned how to mix and master. I've learned how to do all this stuff um, on the computer and with YouTube and and Spotify and all that stuff via YouTube. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna look up a YouTube video. I'm gonna figure out how to take my PlayStation apart. I'm gonna find out what the hell's going on.
1: The the University of YouTube, man. That is. I think it legit should be a course. I've learned to do so many things through there, like even car repairs, and I'm not uh, a car guy. I like driving, but that that's kind of where it ends. But yeah, YouTube's the best.
0: Yeah, I did a, actually did a lot of work on my mom's old truck because of YouTube. I, I, I saved my mom a lot of money um, by just doing the work myself. Um, and so now I can say I'm a man's man because YouTube taught me how, that YouTube was my dad that I never had. <laughs> but... With that, so come to find out, it was a freaking paperclip. There was a paperclip sitting right on top of the laser. Um, So I got lucky it didn't scratch one of my discs, and I got lucky that it didn't break the laser. So we got it fixed up. So the past, I'd say, two or three days, I've been on my PS3 kick, and I've been enjoying it so much, and Skyrim is one of those games that I have, I completely created a new character, And I'm just going with it and I'm having a blast. I forgot how much fun that game actually was. Um, And my kids are excited because, you know, now they have, oh, yeah, another console to play with. And I'm excited because now I'm like, cool, now I can add more to my collection. And I'm starting to hit up pawn shops and and CD exchange places and flea markets. And now I have, you know, I'm going to start looking into that, which completely opened up my love for retro gaming in general and so now, you know, I'm looking at wanting to get a Nintendo 64 and going into all that, uh, excuse me, WWF No Mercy was one of my favorite games growing up on the Nintendo 64, and so, like, I want to relive my childhood again. But, uh, but not to get too far off topic, we're going to do another top this time. I have a top five, you have a top five. Yeah, and, uh, something
1: like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a top bunch in that I don't really know how to... To rank them but we'll figure that out as we go
0: <laughs> so i'm gonna do it again as far as i did like i did the first episode uh actually you know what i i started the, the uh the top list on the first episode so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna pass the torch to you and i'm gonna let you go ahead and start with your top five and uh because i'm curious to see again how close we are to having the same game love with first-person shooters considering i think
1: we're gonna be we're gonna be off on this one you think so i think so i think because we ran in different um console uh generations and um, my love of gaming goes pretty far back so maybe this will be a bit of a history lesson in in gaming because i'll start at the beginning in what kind of got me into games and i mean Arguably, there's the the Dooms and the Wolfensteins and the Heretics and and all of those games that were great first person shooters that really kind of opened up the genre for people. But I would say where my, I guess, gaming obsession really took off was a game called Counter Strike, and um, I started playing this game with friends. It was a you know one of the first online games that I was that I was playing as well. Um, You can get super competitive with this game. And it was all kind of part of the uh, Half-Life world. So, you know, everything was kind of modded at that point. And I really did start on PC. Uh, I You know, I had a Super Nintendo that was the first console uh, I was allowed to own. I got one for Christmas. But then it was PC that I really kind of took off with at that point. And Counter-Strike was the game. There was just something about, you know, one team against another... You die, you wait until the game is over, or until the match is over, until you respawn again. Um, the different loadouts that you buy at the beginning of the game, it's not... You could pick up weapons as you were out, but there wasn't, you know, weapons in in big columns spinning around waiting for you to pick up, you know, a BFG or, or something along those lines. It was actually a fairly realistic shooter, and I played a lot of Counter-Strike for a lot of years. Really got out of... Uh, um, off of the Counter-Strike train periodically i'll reinstall it i'm just absolute crap at that game now <laughs> can you aim um,
0: down sight with that game yeah heavy- you can aim
1: down sight on that game okay um a lot of the mechanics were there that even more modern games kind of lacked on um and i know it's still a really popular game you know with CSGO go and that sort of thing there's still a lot of land parties and tournaments for Counter-Strike. So I think it it definitely made its mark on gaming culture. It made its mark on you know, early PC gamers like myself and continues to do really well. So um, maybe that's where I start my list off. That's my, my history lesson. That's what got me into first-person shooters.
0: Funny enough, I've actually never played Counter-Strike. I know of it. I've never played it. I had friends that played it um, and they had really nice rigs. I grew up as a poor kid, so I typically got consoles after they had you know, they they came, they went, they left. Um, I think this Nintendo 64 was the only console that I actually had when it came out. Cause I had that clear blue one. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and, uh, I had that one and I was able to get a, a game library, a pretty large game library at that, uh, around that time. Cause again, it was also a shift in, um, my mom's work. So my, my mom was making way better money at that time, so I was able to kind of be that spoiled kid finally. But I got it late in life. Um, I did also have a Sega and a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo, and a lot of that stuff I got from like either my sister would hand it down to me, or like I said, I would, buy, I would get lucky <clears throat> find it in a pawn shop and there you go. Um, but CSGO was one that always got by me, and I never got to play it. I Funny enough, I watch people stream it sometimes, just to watch it just to see what it's like and well, the reason good why I, players are
1: a lot of fun to watch
0: yeah and the reason why i asked is because for, from what i remember i don't ever remember seeing people aim down sight unless they were looking with the sniper rifle um because typically a lot of the ones i would watch they would always use the knife uh just showing i guess showing off how how good they are so um <laughs> but that's a game that i wouldn't mind going back and and and, and uh now that I'm older and eventually I want to build a PC. That is one of those games that um, I want to visit. So I'm kind of glad you brought it up. Cause that was kind of an honorable mention for, for me. <laughs> so my number five is going to be, um, you're going to see a running theme with mine. Um, and that's just because again, you know, I've, I haven't been able to have all the consoles at, at my disposal. Um, and then when I got heavily into video games, was at the height of first-person shooters. When first-person shooters really took off, um, the first real first-person shooter that I got addicted to, believe it or not, was Halo. Um, but I didn't have an Xbox, the, the original Xbox at the time. Um, we would go to my friend's house, and my buddy who had a huge bedroom would they would play. We would have like LAN parties, so that was my first experience into like LAN parties and all that stuff. But my number five is a game that I feel is underrated. Um, I think it came out at a time where you had A titles, two main AAA titles that were really going at each other. Um, and so this game kind of fell under the radar. Um, it came out at a time when, like I said, the hype was really high. And it kind of just fell flat. It's made by one of my favorite developers. Rest in peace to this developer. But it is THQ. Um, they've made a lot of great games in the past. They did a lot of the wrestling games. They did the UFC games out from the from the start. Um, and they tried their hand at this first person shooter, and that is Homefront.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Now some people may groan at that. oh that game sucked. Um, I will say the story did not age very well graphically. Um it's a very clunky game uh, story-wise. Again, this is a game that I just recently started playing again to just to try it out and um but I will say the story idea of this game was interesting. Um
1: I'm trying to remember that one. That was like a uh, alternate future if the it was like if the Germans had have won or something, right?
0: No, this one. So during the time when everybody was doing uh, war with the Middle East, and then we also had World War II games with Germany, this game decided to go a completely different route and said, what if North Korea actually gained a lot of power and invaded our, uh, our, our country and, and actually hit our soil? So it's kind of like a Red Dawn in video okay. game form. Um, so that's what I liked about it. It was something completely different. Um, the opening scene in this game, uh, they take clips from like Hillary Clinton talking and, and different like political figures talking. And they, they do a timeline that you go through the future and to the future of how North Korea gains power and comes over to, um, America to invade. And then, so you're basically an American Patriot slash rebel and you're, you're fighting back. Um, now, what's interesting about it, too, is that opening scene is a little, um, it kind of gets you, because at the time that this game came out, the dictator of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, had just passed away, and in the game, he dies, and his son, Kim Jong-il, takes over. So, it's it's very eerie in the, in the timeline, like, in the game, I think he died prior, or he died in the game, and then in real life, like, I think a few months later, he actually died. So, in the timeline of things, when this game was released, that was really cool, um, But what makes this game for me was the online. The multiplayer was really fun. Uh, When we're talking about something that's a simplistic arcade shooter, this was it. It was very easy to sit down, to start playing. Um, It had Battlefield elements as well because you could use vehicles. Um, The helicopters were really fun to fly. You could fly an Apache. And what made this more fun than Battlefield for some people would be the fact that it was a lot Easier. You didn't have to be a pro to fly. Um, Battlefield. I got lucky. I have friends that play Battlefield who are just masters of the skies. So if I hopped in a chopper, I was always the gunner. Uh, but this one, I could actually fly and do fairly well. Um, it had a, a, from what I remember, it had kind of a Call of Duty uh, kill streak currency type thing. If I remember correct. But what I do remember, what I loved about the multiplayer on this was the gun sounds. The gun sounds sounded awesome. Um, and just overall, this was a fun game. Me and my buddy Phillip, shout out to Philip. Um, I still play with him to this day. He's an old uh, buddy of mine that we met each other when we worked at HEB way back when. And, uh, you know, he was one of my, my squad members in pretty much every first person shooter I've ever played. But me and him have very fond memories of that game. I and mean, He's one of the only people that I still know on a personal level that, to this day we'll be like man i want to play some home (laughs) front (laughs) online because you can't play it the server is completely shut down thq was no more and as soon as thq was no more uh pretty much all thq online stuff is gone and so we lost home front but that would be my top five pick i I feel like it's a solid pick i think it's a like i said an underrated pick um and I'm sure that there people who are watching this, that there might be hate in the comments for it. But if you loved Homefront, leave it down in the comment. Let me know. Please let me know that I'm not alone. Let me know me and Philip aren't the only jerk-offs that are like, dude, Homefront, it's the best.
1: <laughs> that, was, that must have been a PS3 exclusive because I don't remember that one on the, uh, on the 360. Uh,
0: it might have been. I know they came out with the second one. Yeah, they came out with the second one that didn't do well at all. Um, and that one... You might want to check your Xbox store, because I know on PS4, the second Homefront game is on there to to play. I think it's on the PlayStation Now, and I know Xbox does that whole, like, uh, you know, bunch, they throw a bunch of games on there that you can play if you pay, yeah. like, a monthly fee. It, it might be on there, but I'm not sure if it was an exclusive. I should have looked into that before the episode, but... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it either, although I,
1: I've only got two exclusives on mine, but... Oh, okay. Um, I guess as we're taking this, this bit of a... Uh, a video game history journey, so Nintendo is one of those companies that they're known for family friendly, they're known for, you know, um, cutesy Mario Kart type games and that sort of thing, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Nintendo going r- way back to the early days and even now with the Switch, um, but there was always a couple surprises, and I think with the N64, one of the first big surprises was GoldenEye, but Goldeneye isn't actually my pick for this one, although I had a ton of fun with that one. We're going a couple of years later, running on the same um, same mechanics. Perfect Dark.
0: I knew you were going to say it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I was waiting for it. I, I love this game. That it was, game was, it was so way badass. ahead of its
1: time. Yeah. And I remember one of the big things about getting that game was you needed to buy the expansion p- slot. To put into the N sixty four because it just took up way too much, uh, too much memory in order to run the game. But it ran buttery smooth. It looked great. There was a lot of familiarity there with you know, playing through GoldenEye and spending a lot of hours on that game, where it was pretty easy to jump into this one, but now you're, um, you're a female hero. There's aliens. It's a, the sci-fi tie in, um, Elvis, the alien, who's absolutely hilarious in this one. Um, and then the multiplayer was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, whether you were doing some couch multiplayer or you could set up bots and, and play on your own. And I remember doing a lot of that. You just go into a match with a bunch of bots and, um, try your hand with them. And there was a ton of modifications, super cool weapons in this game. I think one of my favorite weapons was the laptop gun, um, where it would turn into like a a sentry, or you could, you know, put it on the wall or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was a super cool gun. Um, I think there was like a shooting range and like a, a training center. Like it just felt like there was so much content in that game. And I felt like it took me a, a few years to figure out everything that was there. And this was long before uh, downloadable content and expansions and that sort of thing. They had to crush all of that onto one cartridge. Um, and it's still a fantastic game. I know it's been remastered and re-released on, um, you know, Xbox and that sort of thing. Doesn't quite, hold up the same way i think for a lot of games that were on the n64 part of the fun was that super awkward triangular three-prong controller with one joystick Um, you know Nintendo's done some crazy things over the years with their peripherals and their controllers and um, how you interact with the game but for some reason they always feel like a unique experience where you know nowadays with PlayStation and Xbox they found the perfect controller for both of them and they've just kind of made little alterations but it no longer feels like oh this is a brand new controller experience and probably for the best because going back now and trying to use an N64 controller I would just be an utter mess with that thing I wouldn't know if I hold it over here or if I hold it over
0: here <laughs> well that's uh, the thing try. about Nintendo man and especially with the sixty four like they they definitely they put a lot of effort into that console and uh, even with like a lot of the accessories and I think that they set the bar for what we re- eventually got with playstation and and um Xbox even with like the the dreamcast you know it was yeah. ahead of its time uh, i Nintendo it's, I still have a, a, a love in my heart for Nintendo and always will, uh, because they, they were always pushing that envelope. Um, I mean, even with the 64, the rumble pack, you know, yeah, but the rumble the,
1: pack was great. It's, it's so hard to imagine now. And for anybody who never, or maybe wasn't even born during those days, because now it's just a given Your your, your, uh, c- controller gives you that haptic feedback, um, but back in the olden days with the that N64, that slot on the back, you had to put in your rumble pack. It took like 12 batteries and they were gone yep. in an hour.
0: And then you have um, memory cards and all that stuff, man.
1: All of those things, man. That like that just takes me back. But yeah, being able to put in the expansion pack and and play Perfect Dark. And that one was a little bit late um, in that generation. Like I think it was 99 or 2000 when it came out. Um so really you're kind of towards the tail end of of N64, uh, PlayStation 2 is coming out, the original Xbox was on its way, so you get this really great kind of late entry to, to that generation which just kind of made it feel great from when the, the console began to when the console finished because you always had great games to play where nowadays when a console is about to go out the window you're kind of delayed and waiting for the next console in order to get the better games and the newer games so um, yeah I, I miss those days quite a bit I miss the N64 and I think some of that nostalgia that you have with Homefront I remember playing you know GoldenEye and Perfect Dark with some buddies you know we would get together order pizza you know have some Slurpees tons of candy and just you know junk out while we played that game for
0: Yelling hours. at your buddy stop screen uh, looking
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, or they come over and play on your con- on your console and then they're smashing your controller because you yeah. they're
0: angry. It's like, dude, stop. It, it it the the days of 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 couch play. Yeah. It is 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 long gone. And it, and it's funny because I've thought about that. It's like, man, I'd love to have a game room and I'd love for my kids to have a game room for them to play and kind of almost recreate that the best I can with the new generation stuff. But it's one of the reasons why I, I want to go out and find an old N64. and Because, again, that was another console ahead of its time. I had four inputs, so four yeah. people could play on one console. And then there
1: was a, a pack that you could have, I think, to make it eight.
0: Yep, yep. And then I don't know about you, but I know uh, back in the day, we're, everybody that I knew that had the 64, we all had the third-party what we would call the Big Bertha controller that nobody ever wanted to play—it wasn't a licensed Nintendo, uh, you know, sixty-four controller. It was this big, bulky ass, con- and, and also for the GameCube they had them too. We would always call them Big Berthas, but uh, yeah, man, I miss those for sure. And I'm glad that you brought it up because I don't have any in sixty-four games in my in my list. Um, but GoldenEye and Perfect Dark were two games that I have fond memories of. Going to a friend's house, um, my buddy Jerry. We would pretty much all live at his house. There'd be like ten of us at his house uh, during the summer, and that was what we played a lot of. We played a lot of those games: Mario Party, you know, Mario Kart, the 64, and the GameCube. Got a lot of play uh, when when I was younger in my middle school days. <laughs> but um, anything that more you wanted to say about 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 that pick or?
1: No, I could probably go on all day about the N64 and that generation, how much that meant to me, but uh, that'll be for another episode.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, and especially because I'm 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 actively looking for a 64, and I want to get a few games that I remember that I played a lot. Um, there's definitely going to be some hype on my end too, wanting to talk about it. So there's definitely a n N64 exclusive episode for sure.
1: I still have mine. Actually, my dad uh, keeps it in there their travel trailer and so anytime we're out camping he has it hooked
0: up but nice if i ever needed
1: it back for an episode i could definitely do that
0: badass well my next pick is uh where i went on four uh my next pick is a game again my top my, my five and four are games that are i feel they're underrated um and that's why i wanted to put them on the list because i did get fun out of them now with this game the reason why this game is four and beat out Homefront is something that I miss. On the new consoles, online is the thing. Um, It's gotten to a point where game developers don't even care about a campaign anymore. Uh, Most of the time, you're just going to get multiplayer, and that's it. Um, I'm one of those guys that I miss it. I I loved playing campaigns. I loved a good story. Um, I've always been fascinated with the military Uh, And just war in in general, um, whether it be realistic or fantasy. Um, So with that being said, this was one of those games that they delve into real stories of real soldiers, uh, real uh, units, and they recreated those stories in a video game form. So this game became my fourth pick because of the story. And that is Medal of Honor. Now, this is the uh, limited edition one, so it actually came with Frontline, um, which was another game that I played way back when, and that game, I think, set a lot of awesome tiers for the cinematics and storytelling, you know, when you're on D-Day and is basically playing, Save it Private Ryan in video game form. <laughs> um, so I was excited to get that, too, when I bought this limited edition one. Uh, but this one, man, it's it's great. Like I said, it's it, it takes place in the Middle East. Um, y- you... It's, call, it's like Call of Duty in a sense, because you do take on different um, platoons, and you have different story arcs going on while you're playing, so you switch in between uh, different operators uh, throughout the game, but I think the storytelling's done really well. I believe this game was developed um, by two different de- developers, so you had one developer doing the actual story, and then you had DICE, who is the guys that do all the Battlefield stuff, who did the multiplayer Um, multiplayer was good. Wasn't great. It wasn't triple a multiplayer, but it was good for what it was. I had a lot of fun with it. One of my favorite things about the multiplayer, both, on multiplayer and senior player mode was um, the knifing in this game was hilarious and it was it was really funny in the single player mode so if you run up on somebody and you, you uh, melee attack them you can keep stabbing them as they fall to the ground so you just like go with them all the way down and I've my wife thinks I'm psychotic because I was again this is another game that I played uh, over the weekend and I was just running around I forgot about that feature and I was like oh check this out babe and I was just running around stabbing you know the Taliban, left and right, just all the way down to the ground. And my wife was like, "Are you losing your mind?" I'm like, "It's, it's, uh, yeah, you don't get it.
1: <laughs> you need to find a clip of that and put that right here while uh, while you're telling us about it because I think that'd
0: be a lot of fun." <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but they again, that game was 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 good for what it was. I think again, this game didn't get the hype that it deserved uh, because again, it was also competing with triple A. First-person shooters. You had Call of Duty, uh, who I think you know at the time were, were were at the head of of the of the throne there. And then you also had Battlefield. Um, and then again, maybe Dice wasn't able to really put as much effort into this game because they're focused more on the Battlefield franchise. Um, but it was good for what it was. They did come out with a second one, which is Medal of Honor uh, Warfighter, I believe. Uh, I did pick this one up. This one wasn't as fun, um, and the reason being is. The difference between the two online was this game, Warfighter, they really dug into customization. Uh, You could do a lot of different kind of customization with the guns. I think for the way the art style, play style, and map design for this game, for these two games, uh, I think it was a little bit too much. I think it muddied up what Medal of Honor was. Um, I think they tried a little bit too hard on the second one and it just, it didn't hit for me. The story wasn't that great. Um, but I figured I'd mention it, um, because I do have it in my, um, library. And again, one of the reasons why I bought it was, as you can see, is limited. So I had the battlefield four beta. Um, that's what I originally got it for.
1: (laughs) It's crazy to think battlefield four was a PlayStation three playing the beta at the same time as games like Medal of honor exist exist because battlefield four, I think still continues to exist in one way, shape or form on two generations later.
0: Yep. Uh, that game and Hardline, both of those games, uh, which are both battlefield games were PS three games and then ported over to PS four. Um, yeah. So they, they got, I think they got a longer lifespan, uh, than the other, uh, PS three battlefield games. Um, I, don't think Call of Duty did that, did they?
1: Uh, they've done all the remastered versions now. Um,
0: but, I mean, as far on... as, like, a game coming out on PS3 simultaneously coming out on the PS4, I don't think they... It was Ghost like that, maybe?
1: Mm, could have been. I didn't play that one.
0: Yeah, I didn't either.
1: <laughs> I heard... I didn't, it. I didn't play a lot of Medal of Honor either. I, I was familiar with Medal of Honor, and it, you're right, it always did feel like, you know, the third or fourth rung on the ladder compared to call of duty and battlefield who still continue to dominate that space. But I did have a Medal of honor game on my PSP and that game was a ton of fun. I did end up playing that one quite a bit. And, and, you know, for a first person shooter on a handheld graphically, that console always was way ahead. And it's funny because it was competing with the 3ds and I had one of those as well, um, where, graphically that was, you know, donkey turds in comparison, <laughs> but obviously more popular and it had the Mario games and that sort of thing. But yeah, you reminded me when you brought up Medal of Honor, I was like, oh yeah, I did have a game for the PSP and that was a lot of fun.
0: Well, I always look at it like that franchise is the stepchild, like that yeah. the stepchild that nobody wants, that redheaded stepchild <laughs> that gets kicked around. And then it has like that one friend that's just like, I like you. Um, and, and I feel like because there, there's a cult following for, um, for for that franchise for sure, um, yeah. I'd like to see it come next gen. Um, will we probably get one? No, um, I, I I think what sold the Medal of Honor on the PS3. I think what helped push it was the fact that they were kind of still riding Frontlines, like they were they were just running on fume They're like, we did yeah. Frontline, it was a great game, you loved it, and here's our <laughs> modern take. Um, and so I, I think that's where a lot of that hype kind of came from. Uh, but again, it, 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 at the end of the day, it, it's a dice product. The gun sounds are amazing. Um, the mechanics are really good. The graphics were a little iffy. Um, compared when you compare it to like something like BF3 or um, even like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like um, the graphics, eh, it, 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 it like I said, it seems like a, a, the redhead stepchild. Um, but overall, I think it was fun. It had its time. It had its, its you know, a few months that I played it before the server started to die. Um, but if you're looking for a really good story, a fun story, um, I definitely suggest picking that one up and, and trying if you haven't yet, because the the story uh, I, I feel was was pretty solid.
1: Mm. Well, I guess we're on to, to number three, and I'm just kind of going through these sequentially, so this works out well. <laughs> um, the next one moves us into the modern era, the, the console era, um, you know, kind of putting, putting a lot of stuff in the past <clears throat> and really moving into what, what we consider now to be next gen. But um, a little company, you probably heard of them, called Microsoft decided that it was a good idea to get into the market and start competing with Sony, who already had the very successful PlayStation. Uh, And they came out and they launched the Xbox. And what better way to launch a console than with Halo? This amazing space first-person shooter adventure. We're introduced to Master Chief. We're introduced to uh, the Warthog. All of these really cool things, all these elements in a, in a first-person shooter that we'd never really experienced before, and it's the way to kick off the Xbox. And I remember, I didn't get an Xbox right out of the gate, but... Um our video store. Shout out to Video Kingdom. They haven't been there for like 20 years now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But they would rank consoles. So my buddy Brian and I were going to get lucky and and get the owner to be like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) shout out. That's amazing. Uh, I used to love that video store. God, I spent so much time there, but that's probably for another episode. We should talk about video stores and the feeling that they gave us. Yeah, Um, definitely. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, my buddy Brian and I went down there on a Friday night. We picked up an xbox we got home set it up and that duke controller that first controller and you were talking about the big bertha Mm -hmm. that thing was a monstrosity um but i think that was part of the charm of it and just trying to figure out two joysticks at the same time trying to figure out what button did what they had those little black and white buttons at the top um i can't remember i think that was like grenades it was before the days of the shoulder buttons you had the triggers but not the shoulder buttons
0: um, oh, that's right. It only had yeah. just left and right, right? Yeah, oh, that, yeah. that's crazy.
1: So they did abandon the Duke controller later on, um, and there was an Xbox smaller controller, but I think the Duke was always one of those ones that was like a cult favorite. Um, but yeah, Halo Especially was one of for our little those... hands
0: at the time. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Halo was one of those games, though, that just launched a franchise. It continues to be hugely successful. I don't think the first game was actually the best game, but it was the best at the time ready to launch the next one and i i don't know if two or three was my favorite probably three because i spent a lot of time whether it was online or land parties playing that game with buddies and oh my god so much fun playing that game um and then i've already got got the new one pre-installed it's ready to go for when the game launches in december i'm just waiting for it um fucking nerd (laughs) right (laughs) as soon as it came up on xbox game pass it was like pre-install pre-install halo i was like hell yeah i'm in for that
0: uh so it's so you'll get it like what right at midnight then right
1: yeah as soon as it comes out i'm really excited there'll probably be beta trials because i've done the same thing for back for blood and i'm just waiting for that till next month uh nice i'm i'm loving game pass i was down on it when it first started wait back Uh, for
0: blood that's the zombie one right yeah dude yeah i played the beta on ps4 uh, dude, that that gave me Left for Dead vibes like crazy. Just like oh, yeah. on another level, like holy <laughs> all of shit! The guns. Yeah. So that'll
1: probably be a contender for my favorite first person shooter game of of all time. But uh, for now, um, yeah. Halo, big shout out to Halo, and really for what it started and what it's continued to do, and um, I guess is an honorable mention, because it really goes hand in hand with this, I'm obsessed with a game right now that just came out of beta mode called Splitgate, it's available on PC and console and all of that, and this is the game where if you took Halo and Portal and married them together that's what this game is and it is absolutely fantastic and it's it's got me probably longing for halo multiplayer more than anything ever before because it's just done so well uh but that's an honorable mention along with halo so uh yeah that's my number three
0: halo i'm glad you mentioned halo because halo is one of those games that um like i said it was kind of my introduction into me becoming a quote-unquote gamer Uh, I had played games prior to that when I was younger, but I never really considered myself a gamer. It was just, you know, again, I couldn't get my hands on it, but then when I did play, I I never really got competitive. Halo ignited that competitiveness in me. Um, And, you know, again, the LAN parties was was where it was fun, ordering pizza, having soda, spending all night, see the sun creeping up, and you're like, oh, man, we got to go to sleep, you know? So I I definitely... (laughs) Uh, there's a there's a place in my heart for Halo, so I I'm glad that you brought that up. But again, I'm kind of with you. I think Halo Three was was kind of the pinnacle for me when it comes to Halo games. But it also shows that you know every console that is successful, they have to have a flagship game. Uh, they have to have that that game that carries them, and if if it's gonna make or break the console, and Halo was was that for, for Xbox, you know, like Mario was for Nintendo, Sonic was for Sega, you know. So, um, yeah, bravo to Microsoft for definitely pushing the boundaries because I don't think PlayStation ever really had anything that kind of compared to Halo. We got um, Haze, which was Garbo. All right, so now we're going to talk about my, uh, what are we at? Third. Third? So my third one is going to be a a game that I actually played on Xbox 360 and then I transversed over to PS3 because I was I did own 360 at first and then I I got a PS3 and that is I don't have the actual game though. I did. I gave it to a friend of mine for his birthday. Um, He had never played it and he had played other versions of the game with us in the later down the line and I was like, man, you got to play this one. This was, this is the one that set it over top. Uh, So for those of you, you might've already figured it out, but that's call of duty for modern warfare. Um, Such a great game. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) it's a game that I got into. Like I said, halo was, was, was kind of my introduction into. um, First person shooters on the next gen console. Um, But call of duty is the one that, that sank it home for me. I did play call of duty three, Prior to that, um, it just again, like I said, I, I, I the competitiveness didn't come out, uh, until I got Call of Duty 4. And, yeah, I think uh, that
1: set the franchise in a whole new direction from that point.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, uh, it was you know, it was it was the flagship of going into Modern Warfare. We got out of World War II, I think people were getting tired of World War II. Um, you know, and those are some honorable mentions for me. I, you know, I, I played Call of Duty around that time, World at War um you know uh call duty 4 um even call of duty 3 but i think the world war 2 had kind of ran its course so when modern warfare came out it was something different another game that had a solid storyline uh modern warfare 2 did not make my list but it also is an honorable mention because that game also had a very great story i don't know how many people actually played the campaign to modern warfare and modern warfare 2 but if you haven't um definitely if you have those games go back and play them um because i'm just gonna say modern warfare 2 made me cry <laughs> so um but they, they were they were good games black ops is another one black ops 1 and 2 um if you haven't played the story mode on those games i think those games have very solid campaigns when you get into model Mono- or black ops 3 and black ops 4 i don't even think black ops 4 had one uh i think they they, they ditched it at that point and it was just um online but uh call of duty overall my favorite gun was the mp5 um i liked the kill streak um set up the 357 uh, it wasn't complicated call of duty ends up getting complicated later on in its in its uh, lifespan but i think if you want to go bare bones back to the basics call of duty 4 is that game that does it for me i love the arcade vibe of it it had great maps it was also one of the first games that I played that had the introduction into downloadable map packs, um, which I was still a fan of. I was a fan of that. I'm not a fan of microtransactions, but I am a fan of giving me an entire game that is complete and then adding um, adding things to it to enhance your experience, to make it fresh again. Um, and I think that's what Call of Duty Modern Warfare offered. Um, it was something new, something different. Um and Definitely, um, I, I applaud Infinity War both with Modern Warfare 1 and 2 um, for not allowing me to get bullied because, um, I got thick skin playing those games, talking trash back and <laughs> forth. Got me ready for when I went to school. Somebody talked trash to me at school. It's like, bro, like I, I, I play Modern Warfare, those ready 12 for year this? olds are ruthless. <laughs> Like, you ain't ready. Like, I, I grew up in, in the era of Mono Warfare 1 and 2 uh, chat lobbies. You ain't ready. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because if I'm going to jump forward a little bit, my number two pick I just said was Call of Duty. Like, Mm -hmm. just blanket statement Call of Duty. Um, But really what I'm thinking about is the modern era of Call of Duty, which started at Call of Duty 4. Um, You also mentioned, too, like the arcade feel of it. I think there was a mode in there that was arcade mode. So you got points that flashed up every time you shot a guy and Mm -hmm. did all these cool things, which that was a lot of fun and added some replayability to it. I remember putting a lot of hours into that game. And a lot of the maps and a lot of the scenarios have made their way onto... Uh, subsequent games after the fact, because that game was such uh, a pivotal point. I would probably point towards Black Ops 2 as like the game that I enjoyed the most um, out of all the Call of Duty games, probably played the most. And before that franchise went off the rails, because once you got to um, Black Ops 3, you got the wall running and the yep. laser sticks and, you know, superhuman powers, and it was just it was beyond stupid. I really hated that
0: game. (laughs) Well, not only that to touch on, I think what made call duty so great for me uh, and maybe for you as well was the way the maps were designed from like black ops two down. So if we go from like call duty four, all the way to black ops two, all the games in between there was a certain setup with the way those maps were set up. And the reason why I was so good at those games, and I wasn't in the later Call of Duty games, was because the way that those maps were designed, I never went into the middle of the map. Um, Stick I ran to the outside. Yeah, I stuck to the outside. That way, I, I only had to look forward and occasionally look to to my either my left or right, depending on which way I was running. Um, and that's what made me so good. Um, I actually had a friend, the, the friend I was telling you about that I I ended up giving the game to. In the later Call of Duty games and the Black Ops games, one of the cool things that Treyarch did was they added the theater mode. Um, so people were able to go back and kind of look at gameplay. And my buddy would go back and watch his gameplay. And then he would he would move over to my character and he would watch me play. And that was one of the things that he pointed out. He, would, he noticed that, hey, man, you know, you tend to either go right or left, but I've never seen you ever go down the middle unless we're playing Domination. And I said, well, yeah, because then I know... I know that if I'm playing Domination, I know that there's people going to be near that flag. But if we're playing something else like Team Deathmatch, I don't know where they're hiding. And t- I tend to want to try to get the flank on them. Um, and I think with the later games, it was hard to do that um, based on you didn't have this. I, I almost like I guess you could say like three paths, right? So you have left and right and then you have that center. And that's how all the maps were designed. Um when you get into the later Call of Duty maps, because of all the jumping around and all that bullshit, you get multi-level multi-level type maps. Um and so me having to not only look in front of me, but then look to my left, to my right, behind me, and then having to also keep an eye on the little assholes that are jumping up in the in the air, uh <laughs> it made the game very difficult for me. And, and and I think you also had, you know, so not only are you having to look at more stuff, but then the the time to kill got dropped. So you get dropped a lot quicker, which is okay, because I'm used to playing in hardcore anyway. Um, But when you have TTK low, and then you're also having multiple areas that you're having to look for, um, and then you have windows and shit that they're hiding in... um, Yeah, it it just, it became way too advanced for us simpletons, us old men. Um, So that's why I think my heart kind of lies with the older Call of Duty games. And the fun thing is that these games still have a community. I can't say anything about Call of Duty 4 because I haven't played it. I didn't really care for the remaster. Again, they added microtransactions into it and it, it just didn't have that same essence, that same feel. But I am with you on Black Ops 2. Uh, if you go back and play that game, there are still people playing that game. And I was actually playing it yesterday and that game still holds up. Black Ops 2 is pretty solid, man. Online, it's still very fun to play.
1: I might have to pull that one back out again. I mean, you know uh, my obsession over the last year and a half. I mean, it's been Warzone, which I think is such an unusual... Like, how it landed, when it landed, why it landed, and why it continues to be the most popular of those types of games is almost baffling to me, and I can't describe necessarily why I'm always drawn to that. Like, what'll happen is I'll sit down to play play on the Xbox or on the computer, I'll pick a game, and then 20, 30 minutes later, I'm like, I'm just going to go do a, do a quick round of uh, Warzone, and then you get stuck in there. I think at the early part of the, the pandemic and lockdowns and all of that stuff, I had buddies who were playing that game, and they were all on PlayStation 4, so... It was also—I don't want to say it's my first experience with crossplay, but it was probably the best experience with crossplay. Um, I was able to play with them on PS4, where we weren't able to play games together before. So it was a good way to stay in touch, not feel completely isolated, and play a pretty fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it continues to just be one of those games where you know I've got a few buddies who've dropped off and a few who've stayed on there, and we'll get back on there and play play the odd game or two. I am starting to get a little tired of it especially with each new season that comes where you're like the game isn't getting better it's actually kind of getting worse i don't like the map as much i don't like you know the the perks of of getting the battle pass um there's a lot of stuff on there that's that's kind of frustrating but yeah um, it's still a game that it's yeah go ahead
0: no no go ahead i'm sorry.
1: Um no, I was just yeah, it's it's one of those games that, you know, has my attention. It's definitely not my favorite Call of Duty game. It's not my favorite game, but I'm just stuck on playing that.
0: Yeah, Modern Warfare, the new one for PS4 and Xbox. Um I had fun with it when it came out. Um I will say the reason why I got rid of it was because all the updates just got to a point where that was the only game I could have on my PlayStation. Yeah. Um and so it it, it really uh, it was it was good for what it was. Um it somewhat captured the essence of why I liked Call of Duty to begin with. Um Warzone I couldn't really get into. Um just because I, I was I was never really into the battle royale Game. Me either. Like Fortnite is I
1: I can't do Fortnite. I yeah. did like PUBG for a little bit. That was that was okay. It was a little bit closer and then it kinda got silly. And then Apex Legends came out and I was like, this game is fantastic because I love Titanfall. Mm-hmm. But I quickly became horrible at that game. Or everybody else just quickly became really good at it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was the timing of okay, you've kind of got all these these types of games, these battle Royale type games, but then it's like, Oh world. I'm comfortable in call of duty. This makes sense. It feels right. Um, and I think it's probably next to Fortnite, the most popular battlefield or um, a battle Royale type game.
0: Yeah. And see when I think battle Royale, like the, the one thing that I do like about battle Royales is the, the size of the map. Yeah. Um, now that's going to make sense here in a little bit when we get into my top two. Um, I do enjoy big maps. Um, What I don't enjoy is
1: I just have I I like big maps and I cannot lie in my head.
0: (laughs) Well, I like big maps and I cannot lie, but I also want a, a, a full community. I don't like when it you know and I, I know that they have the whole you know the circle closes which helps for when you know you have less people uh, but I don't like spending all my time trying to get get prepared and then I get shot and then it's over I, I don't I don't, <laughs> don't, don't like yeah I don't like that that side of, of it um plunder was fun um yes that's ha-
1: that's the mode I gravitate towards the most
0: yeah I used to play plunder that one was fun because it's it's based on who can get the most cash and and you know you do the bounties and stuff like that that's really fun um, but an honorable mention that I, I thought about when you were talking about that one of the reasons why I didn't really care for that game, but there is an older game that I care for, um, was Mag. I don't know if you ever played Mag, but Mag was a game. You got that some ha- unusual
1: callouts <laughs> on this one.
0: <laughs> Mag was a game that had 200 players in it, and it was on the PS3, and it was it was ahead of its time. So you could have two players in one lobby, 200 players in one lobby, and it was cool. Like it was, it was a good, it was, again, it was a good idea that was executed poorly. So uh, I think if they were to come out with a game like that in this new generation uh, with the size of maps that you can do, I think that would be way funner um, because you have your squad set up and then, you know, it's just mayhem. Um, And and of course the way they had it sectioned off, it was kind of cool too. But battle Royales, I I couldn't get into, I'm a Titanfall fan. But I'm not an Apex fan. Um, yeah, I, I I have friends that have tried to talk me into Apex, and I just I can't do it. It's I I get frustrated with the game. Same with Fortnite. I don't like Fortnite. The only reason why the Call of Duty one even was on my radar because, like you said, it's Call of Duty at the end of the day. But also, it's it's something that I'm familiar with, and I don't have to build shit. Um, yeah, you know, yeah,
1: that building mechanic in Fortnite is it really <laughs> caught me off because I didn't know what I was getting into with that game. And I was trying to get, like, the mechanics of shooting and whatnot down in there. But then I started seeing people, like, building up forts and stuff. I was like, what is that? Then you're like, oh, Fortnite. Okay, maybe that makes more sense. And then I was like, I can't handle both those dynamics because I'm going to (laughs) get shot one way or the other. I'd rather do it not building uh, a Sims house Mm -hmm. and and just trying to find some weapons.
0: Yeah, I like Sims. I like shooters. I don't want them together. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: definitely not. It's way more fun to like build a house, take it away, let them drop in a hole and die.
0: Right. <laughs> or like, I like have I, just shown a very dark side. On the Sims, what I like used to like to do was I'd get them in the pool and then I'd take the ladders yeah. away. <laughs> just yeah. <let> them swim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good. Clearly we both had a very dark experience with the Sims. <laughs> I didn't know that there was even missions to accomplish in that game. I was just like, Build a house and watch the kind of destruction that we can have.
0: Yeah, my my, I would build a house and see how quickly I can make a baby. Like that's, <laughs> that, that was my just like real thing.
1: life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you might as well move into your second choice because I kind of jumped in there with my Call of Duty blanket statement.
0: <laughs> no worries. So my number two and my number one are going to be fairly close to each other. Um, and my number two, I picked it for my number two because again, great story. Um, This one took a different approach story-wise. So all the other ones that I've I've put on my list come from a more serious, you know, um, war's not fun. Um, You know, you got to take it seriously. These are true stories, uh, and you get, you know, you get submerged in this realness, right? This game is a little more on the comedy side. It's a little more, dare I say full metal jacket kind of vibe. Um, and I guess cause it's in the same timeline, but um, cause metal, some people may not think that movie is funny. I think it's hilarious, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, without further ado, my number two pick is going to be Battlefield Bad Company 2. Um, and I pick this one because again, this is another, this was my introduction to Battlefield. Um, i know they had a bad company one i played it at a friend's house but i never actually owned it bad company two was the first one that i bought this was my introduction to bad battlefield this was my introduction into the world of sniping um i never was a sniper most um first person shooters that i play i typically am the smg guy um i like to have an smg because i like to run and gun um Every now and then, I'll pick a rifle if I can find one that I like. But for the most part, I like something that I can run and gun with. Uh, I don't really like using uh, red dots or scopes or anything like that. I'm iron sights, suppressor. If I can get dead silence on my feet, uh, that's that's what I'm running. Hardcore. Yeah, I'm running to where <laughs> you don't hear me, you don't see me. And before you can see me, I'm, I'm on your ass. Um, so... Battlefield Back Company 2 was my introduction into sniping, and what I really liked about it was they had the bullet drop mechanic, um, and so I would play uh, Rush, and the way Rush works is you have uh, two objectives that you have to blow up, kind of like search and destroy, uh, but once you, uh, if you can achieve that as the attacking side, you open up another part of the map. Um, And so you keep doing that. So it's a huge map, but it starts off as a small map contained. And as the game progresses, if you're on the attacking side, you get to see more of the map. Um, And then of course, as the defenders, you have a number of tickets. And as you die, you lose those tickets and you have to defend them off and protect the bombs. Um, The bullet drop mechanic was really awesome. um, Like I said, for the sniping, because if you could find an actual bird's nest uh, within the game, uh, it made it very fun because you're up high, you got a three sixty view, and you could just pick people off. Now, what I loved about that um, was that we also had the destruction mechanic uh, within that game. Mm. So it helped balance it. You didn't, yes, there were campers in the game, but they weren't as prevalent because if they were hiding in a building and they were on the second floor and they had a sensor bomb, you know, on the steps and they know you're coming, that's fine go C four on the bottom floor, blow the bitch up, and then the building crashes down. <laughs> so the that was my 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 love for that game was the mechanics of that game. Uh, it, it was a little clunky um, for a battlefield game, but overall, I think it looked beautiful for the time. Um, and being able to destroy, you know, having especially maps that took place in the city and uh, city environments, you get to just see. You know, there's buildings everywhere, and by the end of the game, half of them are gone. Um, I thought that was really fun. And then again, it was one of those games that uh, just, it was fun to play in hardcore mode. And uh, the story was fun. I don't think I ever beat the story, but if you're looking for a war game that has more of a comedic edge to it, I definitely suggest Bad Company 2.
1: I think I had some friends who were playing that game at the time, and they tried to get me into it. And I would say it was the most accessible Battlefield game at the time, but it just to me, it always felt like a a you know, I ordered Call of Duty off of Wish, and this is what I got. It just didn't feel like it was polished the same Ow. way. Ow, <laughs> but I recently, okay, come on, cat. Recently, I did uh play Battlefield 5, and I'd never really played any of those games in their entirety and that one I I crushed. I loved the story mode in that. I don't even think I opened up the multiplayer on that game. But You're the gonna story ruffle so fantastic. many
0: feathers, my dude. Right? <laughs> People are gonna be like Battlefield Five, <laughs> that's the one? That's the one. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here I am calling bad company just a cheap knockoff <laughs> of Call of Duty,
0: and then I'm like Battlefield Five is great. Uh uh, if you are if you're watching this now in the comment section please do not roast nolan that bad i've never played or battlefield do. it could be kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> i know battlefield 5 was was a little rough around the edges but uh i, I actually never played uh battlefield 5 i i kind of fell off of battlefield when that game came out because um yeah i just ps4 i just i don't know man i didn't put as much time into ps4 as i did ps3 <laughs> yeah, that's fair that's fair But yeah, if you have time, man, if you can find it, if you have an Xbox that still works, man, that can play, you know, the 360 I think it's an EA
1: game, so it'll be on EA Play, I believe.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there you go. Try it out, man. Like I said, the the online lobby is still... There's still players. Um, Although I don't think you'll be able to get the joy that was when it was full lobbies. But definitely try to give it a shot and see if you can get down... Uh, on the PS3, I had a hard time trying to find a lobby, but because it you have the EA Play on Xbox, there may be more. <laughs> He's just trying to show you his butthole. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, check it out. If not, like I said, at least play the campaign. The campaign's fun. Um, it it just feels like a a B, a a B list type of comedy movie that you would you know straight to DVD type, a uh, one liner type movie and if you're into those type of movies you might enjoy it
1: <laughs> i dig your picks man because it's not the obvious stuff like obviously we've talked about call of duty i talked about halo mm-hmm. some of those more common games but you've got some they're like the vault kind of games <laughs> that it's Like, ooh, that's unusual um well i guess i'll jump into to my number one it's my favorite franchise um it's a series i keep going back to and i know that there's ups I and know downs it. but i think i know it Mm. <laughs> I think I know. Um, this this one really kind of took my love, and it, it, I guess it will be controversial. We always have a controversial segment on our show <laughs> because it's not a first person; it's a third person shooter.
0: Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> I,
1: I will be curious though to find out what it is that you thought it was. Uh, Gears of War.
0: Oh, okay. I dude, I I've completely forgot. Me not being a huge Xbox guy, I forgot about that game. That game was fun as shit.
1: Gears of War is fantastic. They've done five of them now. Well, I guess six, but that that one with Baird was an unusual departure from, from what they've done before. The, uh, the first game, the thing I've always said about Gears of War is it is the best looking game for generations. You can still go back to the very first Gears of War. And I did this when I got my uh when I got my Series X is I installed Gears of War 1 just to be like, oh, how does this even look on there? And it still looks amazing. I think they've updated it. Like there's ray tracing on there and obviously the frame rate's a lot better and you know full HD treatment. But like even on the 360 going back to that game, it still looks amazing. Um the first one was obviously where it all started the mechanics of the reload the 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 timed reload on your lancer you hit that rb button wait till it gets to a certain point and do it otherwise it's gonna jam i don't know why but that's one of the most fun game mechanics uh in a shooter that i've ever had and battlefront
0: Um, 2 adopted that they do the same thing yeah They do a, where instead of it jamming, it overheats. So if you, they have a blue bar and a yellow bar. If you get in the blue bar, it's typical reload. You get it in the yellow bar. I think you get like extra ammo. Uh, But if you completely miss it, he burns his hand.
1: So yeah, it's, it's a fun game mechanic. The, um, I guess getting stuck to a wall is something that uh, a lot of Gears of War gamers have grown to hate, but in the initial (laughs) game, being able to crouch behind a wall, roll to another wall, peek out behind a corner. It was a really fun mechanic over the years because, you know, you're so used to wanting to play a faster-paced game. You're holding A to, you know, keep running. Well, then you get stuck to a wall and you're in the middle of a battle and then you're getting shot at because you can't get off the damn wall. And there's been a lot of fun moments playing Gears of War where it's like, I'm
0: stuck to the wall. I can't get out of here. <laughs> um, did, they they ever loved- fine, did they ever fine-tune that later on in the, the later games?
1: I would say it's probably gotten worse. Like they just, they know that it's a mechanic in the game that it it works as it's intended, but Mm -hmm. players play that game, maybe not as intended. And that's why it, why it happens more frustrating in multiplayer than it is in single player mode because, you know, your reaction time in multiplayer, that could really screw it up, but great online play for this game. Um, The second game was probably my favorite story arc. Uh, for all the Gears of War games, the third game is what we probably probably played the most. Like there was um, was it the third or fourth where they introduced the Horde mode. I think it was on the third one because that was an Xbox 360 title, and we played that quite a bit. So Horde mode was introduced on the third one, and that really kind of changed things because you know now you're working together, playing against you know hordes of locust for 50 rounds, and I I remember a lot of nights just trying to get to to 50. Um, And then in 4, I think they fine-tuned it quite well, but then they had a card system in there, and when you talk about microtransactions, a lot of that was happening. You had to collect scrap in order to convert it, and then you would buy cards, and it got to be kind of annoying, but it still was a fun play. The blueprint to kill
0: a franchise, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The fifth Gears of War, I would say, is probably... Probably my least favorite in the franchise. I played through the 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 main story. They try and go off and do a bit of a um, open world mission, but it's really still quite linear. It's not as open world as they think it is, and it's actually quite frustrating. Uh, and anytime there's a friggin' uh, sandstorm, electrical storm, it, it's just. I I don't like it. I don't enjoy that part. Like, sure, it's a challenge and something that you have to, you know, play at to get through, but I just don't enjoy it. So the fifth one probably got the least amount of play time for me. The third one, third and fourth probably got the most. The second, I love the story the most. The first one is just like, this is where it started. This, it's still such a great game. It still looks great. It's a fun franchise. It is my favorite, uh, Xbox shooter franchise, I guess. Xbox exclusive like talked about Halo earlier. I do love Halo, but I would play Gears of War over Halo any day.
0: <laughs> yeah, Gears of War. I'm glad we talked about this because now I'm starting to remember my love for Xbox and I never got into Gears of War because again, at the time I had Xbox, I was I was spending my time playing Call of Duty. So I yeah. missed out on Gears of War and there's another game, the one that I actually thought you were going to pick. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll do it as an honorable mention before I talk about my number one. But the one that I thought you were going to pick, which was a game that I really enjoyed on the Xbox, but I had already gotten rid of my Xbox by the time it came out. Um, I did have a PC version of this game, but I didn't have a PC. My friend gave it gave it to me as a gift and I never put it on a PC. Uh, but that is Left 4 Dead, the Left 4 Dead franchise. <laughs> it's
1: in my honorable mentions.
0: Yeah, so that's where I yeah. thought you were going to go with it. Um, <laughs> that game, I, I, you know... You you mentioned Back for Blood earlier, and um, you know I'm really excited for that game because I feel like I'm finally gonna be able to get to play the Left for Dead that I never got to play when I was younger. <laughs> um, and, and I'm excited. I hope they don't screw it up. The beta was fun. The, the game ran pretty good. Um, I like the mechanics. I like the way it's designed. I like the the, the amount of horde zombies that come, and yeah. it's just it's 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 fun. Um, you know, I'm kind of getting back into the zombie game genres. I, I played World War Z uh, a couple weeks ago, and that game is super intense. Um, so I'm I'm starting to. I, I think I've had a drought of zombie games for a while, and I'm 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 glad to see it coming back around. I just hope they don't fuck it up. Um, yeah, b- because Left for Dead was something special, and I do regret. <laughs> Not having an Xbox during that time, but Gears of War was one of those games. I didn't even know they went that far. I thought they stopped at three. So um, that's another game console that I'd like to try to get a hold of, um, maybe down the line. Um, and and those two games will be two games that I definitely will pick up because uh, I I've heard good things about about um, Gears of War.
1: Yeah, well, and and while we're on the honorable mention of Left for Dead too, like I've sunk a lot of hours into that game. My wife loves that game. The ability to do couch co-op on that game was a lot of fun, but also play it at LAN parties, play it with friends online. Um, there were, It was so much fun. I left it out of my top first-person shooters because there's a few mechanics in that game that I always wanted. Let me look down the sights on anything beyond the, uh, the hunting rifle. Um, I wanted it to be, you know, full HD remake, which didn't happen. Um, and it just... As, as popular as both of those games were, it just never got the love and support that I think that it deserved to keep it going. Um, I On the PC, though, oddly enough, I downloaded a couple months ago to play with some buddies while we were waiting for Back for Blood Beta to come out. Um, and it actually looks good. They've added some guns to it that weren't there the first time around. Like, you get an MP5 in there now. Oh, nice. Uh, so you'd love that. It was a lot of fun. Um, just, it's still great to go back to. Back for Blood, I know that there's sort of lukewarm reviews online right now, and I think people are maybe take, trying to take it a little bit more serious than they need to. The AI is stupid in that game. I had so many instances where <laughs> players would drop and you'd have the bot take over. Well, the bot will stand there and watch you die. Yeah, They won't they won't help you. Maybe in Left for Dead, the mechanic was a little bit, they were too focused on helping you because you would go to pull out a, a health pack and they'd be healing you. And you're like, all right, I guess I don't need to use this. Right. But in Back for Blood, it, they just, they don't. So I'm hoping they fix that. But the moment for me in Back for Blood was right at the beginning in the beta, you walk out to the gun range. And you have walls of guns and attachments and different things where it's just like, oh, this is great. Because, you know, it kind of got to a point in Left 4 Dead where the best gun was the Desert Eagle. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, Back 4 Blood, the best gun is the Desert Eagle, but it's like now I've got so many more options if I want to try them
0: out. Oh, yeah, we Um, team killed, like, left and right at that. uh, We were at that spot. We were having so much fun just (laughs) blowing each other up and...
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's so great. So I'm really looking forward to that one in, in October. It's pre-installed. It's ready to go alongside Halo Infinite. So I'll be able to play Back for Blood for a couple months before Halo comes out. Um, and I, I'm hoping it's everything that we loved about Left 4 Dead and then some.
0: Well, I will say that I, I appreciate and I'm glad to see somebody still amped up, still excited for games coming out. Uh, I've kind of lost that fire. Um, I'm hoping to get it back. There's really no games that I'm looking forward to. Far Cry Five looks kind of cool, or Six, whichever one is coming out now with the the dude from Breaking Bad is I think in it's it. Six. And um, yeah, I'm looking kind of. It looks cool. Um, the new Battle Battlefield game looks kind of cool, but again, it's one of those things that's like oh, it's futuristic. And my faith in first person shooters is not there right now. I'm hoping that yeah. it it switches here soon. But um, yeah. It's <laughs> it's bittersweet, I guess you could say. So <laughs> going into my number one, um, this is another game that it just... You were talking earlier about how, you know, uh, games that aged well and that hold up still. This is a game that when it came out, it was a huge graphic jump from its predecessor. Um, and to this day, it still looks good. Even on the PS3, it looks amazing. Uh, I don't think any other games can touch it. There's actually another game that I'll mention once I say what this is that was a downgrade, which came out after. Um, And that pick is Battlefield 3. Again, Mm. I'm a DICE fanboy. I love Battlefield. I love the Battlefield franchise. But this game got a lot of hours. Um, I will say I love this game pre-patch towards the middle of its life cycle it got so many patches that i like that they listen to the community but they listen to some of the wrong community at times and they over patch certain things and made the game not as fun um but it's a game that looks great graphically it's still beautiful um again this is a game that i had a squad that i played with so that's probably why my opinion on this game is so strong. I never really had to go in with randos. I'm sure if I went in with randos, it would be frustrating. Uh, but typically, I had people to play with. We were objective based. We had our call outs. We took the game very seriously when we played. Um, and and that's an experience that you just you can't make up. You can't recreate. It's either you have it or you don't. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to have a group of friends that took the game seriously. We, um, you know, we had our own different kind of call outs. So there was no sneaking up on us. We, we had, you know, and, and that came from Call of Duty 4, you know, um, some of the Call of Duty 4 guys might remember Grandma's house and they know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know if the Xbox guys called it Grandma's house, but on PlayStation, we called it Grandma's house. And I think it was on the map Overgrown. There's a house right in the middle of the map. And uh, there's an attic up there. And so anybody called Grandma's house, that's they knew what it was. <laughs> but uh, Battlefield was kind of the same way. So we had our call-outs. We had our guys that had their designated um, uh, positions. We had guys that were tankers. We had guys that were Apache Flyers. We had guys that were in the jets. Um, and then we had our ground guys. Typically, I was a ground guy. Um, the only time I really drove was if I was driving the little buggies. Um, and this is one of those games that really brought in that theatric vibe. Um, if you had a surround sound and you were really into the game, like one of the, I have two main highlights of this game that I'll share with you real quick. And one of them was, I was in the buggy and I had my buddy, Aubrey and Jeremy in the buggy with me and we're driving and we're trying to get to one of the flags. And as we're driving, we drive down into this little valley. And as we're going through the valley, we see explosions start coming up. An Apache was behind us trying to shoot us, but it was <sighs> it felt cinematic because the explosions were blowing up on the side, left and right of the buggy, not actually hitting us. And so, being in first person mode, trying to drive, <laughs> and you have all these explosions and dirt and shit flying everywhere, it was exhilarating, man. It was it was one of the few games that I've I've played in my life where it was that um, submersive or immersive, submersive, immersive, whatever word you want You're to You're immersed in the experience. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then one of my other f- fond memories of the game was, um, so I played with, my, the crew that I played with was actually my night crew when I worked at HEB. We all would work overnight. We'd go home and we'd hop on our PlayStations and we'd play until about 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, go to sleep and go back to work and do it all over again. Well, one of the things was we we had so many people playing at one point that we would literally have like three or four squads full of people that we knew. So like half of our team were, was us and we're all communicating. So it was very hard to beat us. Um, and it got to a point where we would stomp the other team so bad that we would push them into their spawn. So we would control everything and we literally would just sit there and wait for them to come out of their spawn. And... um one of my fond memories is my buddy Aubrey was trying to learn how to fly. Um, so when we did really well, he would take the time to say, okay, I don't really have to do much. I can focus on practicing my flying skills so I can get better at it. Um, because my buddy Philip, he was he was the master of the skies. He controlled the skies and kept people from having to do flybys. Um, <laughs> well, one day we're in tanks me and my buddy jeremy and our tank and jeremy's friends are in, in the other tank and we're posted up on the hill so their base is on the downside of the hill they have to come up the hill to come up to where we're at so we have the high ground so we're posted up we have two tanks left and right caddy corner from each other basically crossing in x's right so we're he's shooting though if you're on the right side you're shooting towards the left our right tank our left tank's shooting towards the right um and then we have Philip, who's in the chopper, and he has a gunner, and he literally flies down into the middle between both tanks. So you have your tanks like this. You have the chopper f- just kind of hovering, and he can see higher than the, the tanks. So he's flying just low enough to where he can't get targeted by uh, anti-air missiles. And he's firing. You just see rockets flying. And it's it was so cinematic and so well orchestrated that it was one of my most fondest memories of playing that game because we just had it on lock when people were rage quitting. But the highlight of this entire thing is because we had people who weren't even in our squads, uh, that were communicating, but they got what we were doing. So they started posting up with jeeps and you see people posting up on the ridge line. Snipers are shooting down. These people have it's like shooting fish in a barrel. So we're we just have it on lock. But the funniest part was that the other team had waited. They were waiting for their choppers and their tanks to um redeploys and they came at us heavy they just all came at once and so we're just sitting there shooting boom 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 hitting them exploding everything we do a call out to aubrey like hey man we need you now because now they're they're coming they're bringing everything they can we, we need you to come in and basically car- carpet bomb that place right <laughs> he's like all right buddy i'm on my way he starts flying over we end up destroying them completely um, so by the time he gets there, there's nothing to fight. <laughs> but the funniest part about it was he had the jet that like hovers. So all you see is you see him come into frame and he's like, Alright, I'm here, what do we got? And he starts hovering down really slowly, and we're like, dude, we killed everyone. And he's like, Alright, I'll see y'all later. He hovers back up there and flies off. <laughs> Best part of the game for me ever, it was a super huge highlight for me um but yeah i have a lot of fond memories of that game they eventually went the call of duty route later in in its its life cycle towards the end of its life cycle and they did smaller maps um so i did i got lucky and i got into a room uh yesterday actually i was playing and it was on the bigger maps what had pulled me away from this game was um towards the end of that life cycle when you were playing the smaller maps that's all people wanted to play so think call of duty map with battlefield skin and battlefield play mechanics uh it was interesting but you know if i wanted to play a call of duty style map i'll play call of duty Uh, i like battlefield 4 it's big maps it's vehicles um for the epic moments like i just shared with you that's that that was the the cherry on top for me and that's why it's my number one
1: i love that i love how it might not even be the game itself but it's that experience, you know, seeing something awesome or funny or whatever that really makes you think fondly of that experience, that game. So those are great picks, man. Those were all, you know, very diverse and, and different. And I think we covered a wide gamut of stuff. Did you still have any honorable mentions that you want to sneak in there?
0: Yeah. So what I want to do for for the, for the honorable mentions, I'm going to do a quick rapid fire real quick. Um, And then I will let you kind of close out the show with your final statements. Um, But I wanted to kind of just cover this because I was looking at my game collection and the majority of my games are first-person or third-person shooters. Um, I do plan on doing a, uh, adding more to my PS3 collection now that my PS3 is up and running. And I've noticed that the game prices have come down. I definitely want to do uh, more, to add to the collection and eventually maybe have an episode where we kind of go over the collection and that kind of highlight more games and, and we can kind of t- talk about those as well but for right now i'm going to rapid fire and i'm just going to show some games uh, there's some in here that we've already mentioned uh, but i'm going to kind of just say why i like them and, and what really you know i enjoyed about them and the majority of these uh the, off the top are going to be uh you know modern warfare 2 black ops 2 black ops 1 Um, And of course, you know, what I loved about this, I also have, I don't have the case for it, but uh, Call of Duty World at War. Um, This game, what set this game apart from the other Call of Duties was that this had a gore factor. Um, so being able to blow off limbs uh, was very fun for me. And I en- I enjoyed that. This is a jump back into World War II. Um, so it was kind of a breath of fresh air because, again, they went through those life cycles. World War II, it got old. Then we go to Modern Warfare, it got old. Let's jump back into World War II. Um, so this game dropped at a good time. This is also the introduction to the original zombies uh, for Call of Duty. Um, and that was when I actually played zombies. I I, I played zombies pretty actively on the original Call of Duty War of War. Um, Treyarch, of course, kept that going with the Black, Op- Black Ops franchise. Um, these are the only two Black Ops games that I like. Um, and then again, like I said, Modern Warfare 2, this was its own entity uh, of trash talk. That's what really made this game for me. The community, <laughs> the toxic community made this game for me. Also, great story mode. Um, and then, of course, this game allowed me to troll. Um, so, just to put that out there, I was that guy that had RPGs, the noob tube, and danger close on. Come at me, bro. <laughs> My next honorable mentions are going to be uh, I have three more uh, that I want to uh, share with you, and that is. One that I think people probably would have had on their list, uh, maybe not this particular one. It might have been the the one before this, but I'm pretty sure this is is. Uh, if you're watching, this might have been on your list, and you might be upset that we didn't mention it. But that is Killzone Three. Um, mm. This game was fun as hell. Another game that has aged beautifully. Killzone Two, I haven't played in a while, so I don't. And I only think I own it, so I don't remember how that one looks. But Killzone Three story-wise if you want another fun story that's you know futuristic Killzone 3 is great still looks beautiful I think this game and Battlefield 3 hold up uh for first person shooters when you look at a, a the graphic wise of things um <clears throat> and then again solid story multiplayer was fun added some really cool mechanics it was also um you know one of the first games that I remember where it had like actual classes. So your class defined your playstyle. Um and then we have another one that I think people I put this on here because it was a PlayStation exclusive. Um so I think my my PlayStation my PlayStation fanboy alumni would, would appreciate this game and that is Resistance two. I don't have Resistance one. I did have it. I don't know what happened to it. But both Resistance one and two I think are honorable mentions. These games were fun for for what they were. I think they were great looking games. They had fun story. And again, if you're into the futuristic type stuff, alien stuff, I think that game is 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 a must have. Um, and my last honorable mention is a game that you mentioned a, a third person shooter in 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 this uh, FPS uh, episode. So I have a third person shooter myself, and um, this game was a game that I had fun on the PS2. And I was glad that they made another one uh, for the PS3. And it was one that I had fun with the online. Now, my only issue with this was the story mode had weird camera effects that kind of got old after a while. But that is Max Payne 3. Uh, oh,
1: yeah, I saw that on my shelf today. I was like, maybe I should bring that one
0: up. Yeah, this game was cool. Uh had a great story. But I don't know if you remember the story at all. But it had these weird, like camera like fuzzy like aesthetics that would come in and out and it was just michael bay type yeah like camera
1: flashes it was just (laughs) it it
0: it was cool in the beginning but then as you're trying to play through the game it, it would come up at weird times and you're just like all right man like i'm trying to focus on what the hell i'm doing and you know but this game the franchise in general had bullet time which was fun as shit um you know i think this was maybe red dead got their idea for bullet time from Max Payne I don't know but this is definitely a game that if I don't even know if the online servers are around but if you got the chance to play this online um, it was one of those games that was fun it was frustrating as hell because this game didn't have um, you didn't have a decent player you were either really good at this or really bad at it um, because it there was a learning curve um, and so there was, I never ran into people who were mediocre. Um, there was always at least one or two people that owned the lobby when you were in it. Um, uh, it's kind of a drawback, but at the same time, once you're able to get the the gist of how the game works, uh, how the mechanics work, um, yeah, man, it was, it was a good time. The map design was pretty interesting as well on that game. So yeah.
1: I don't know if I spent a lot of time online on that one. I think I, I mostly stuck to the, to the main story arc in there and then probably retired it i think i had that for the 360 so i didn't even play it on the xbox one which came out not too long after that and now that i'm two generations later i saw it on my shelf i'm like oh maybe
0: you might might be able to get lucky a lot of third world countries tend to get these (laughs) games at this time start playing so you might be able to find a lobby um that's that's they're getting
1: xbox 360 and watching the finale of the sopranos at the same time
0: right their minds are still being blown by lost (laughs) (laughs) i
1: only had one more honorable mention that i didn't mention as we are going through and that was a game called black i don't know if you Hmm. ever played that game Mm -mm. um it felt really different at the time it was a it was on xbox i actually went to look for the game case because i had that one and i think what i did i had that and i had um Odd World, Stranger's Wrath. Those were like my two Xbox games that I absolutely loved. I think I sold them as a package deal, but Black is available if you've got EA Play. You can download it, you can still play it today. Oh, nice. I love that game because the guns looked and felt awesome. I always kind of judge shooters by how the handguns feel. Yeah. And the feedback from that, the sound of that, the look of that, the animations were really crisp. The game doesn't necessarily hold up nowadays. it's a little bit clunky mm-hmm. um, but back then, man, that was a fun game and uh, I have been intending to to download it again on on EA just to to get that feeling back, but that was a game that I really, really enjoyed at the time. It didn't become one of my favorites mm-hmm. um, but it was certainly one of my favorites on the console um, you know and did you say was
0: was it get... Xbox exclusive or was it, uh, was it I don't book?
1: know if it was an Xbox exclusive, that's what I was playing it on. Um, I
0: might have to look into that. Because yeah, I've never heard yeah, of it. That's a sweet game. The only black game I remember is Twisted Metal Black. <laughs> ah, yeah. Also a, a fun game. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that was fun, man. Like, I, I definitely liked that we had... I, f- I figured we were going to have similar first-person shooter tastes. and it, we The were more kinda... episodes, the further we get apart on Right. <laughs> Learning a lot about each other.
1: But at least it wasn't like, I hate first-person shooters. Let's not do this.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, the, the, I'm gonna have to check out that game, and and of course, your list that you mentioned makes me want to try to find a 360 for cheap and 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 get. I mean, granted, I won't be able to enjoy the uh, the online play. the online you know at its when it was at its height, but I do remember I, I do remember playing them at the time, so that will still help, but. You know, story mode wise, I'm I'm one of those guys. I love campaigns, which is funny that I'm a first person shooter fan because I really do uh, prefer a really solid campaign. Um, but I don't play platformers that much. Let's go figure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you think I'm like I love I love you know a good story, but I've never really played Uncharted. I've I've never really played like those type of games. Um, I've seen I've watched people play like. Metal Gear Solid. I watched my friends play those games, never really actually played them. So <laughs> I can't play
1: that cuz I always turn to running gun as soon as I can and and it doesn't go well.
0: Yeah, the stealth is not nope, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up our top 5 list of FPSs. So, if you And only an hour
1: and a half in, so Right.
0: great work. With all the technical difficulties and everything, uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, but if you've made it this far and um You've know, you watched both our lists. How close were we to to your top five? Do you have a different top five? Um, I'd love to see what what everybody has. Are my honorable mentions, are Nolan's honorable mentions on your top five? Or is there a game that we completely forgot to mention? Um, And if any of you guys put Brink in your top five, I might have to block you. (laughs) <laughs> that was a game that was a great concept, and it fell flat on its ass. Um, I'm, I'm almost mad that I bought that game. And I don't have that game in my library because I did buy it, and I got rid of it right away. So uh, <laughs> without further ado, we're going to now switch over gears to our featured band. And I'm excited about this one. These guys are awesome. These guys are also are being uh, interviewed and featured on every podcast I love is dead. With your boy. September tenth,
1: you can get the interview.
0: Awesome, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, also, you're you're having disconnected souls released this week, correct?
1: This week, yeah. So September second. So this. Our episode of Bad will come out after my episode of uh, Every Podcast I Love is Dead comes up, but we did feature Disconnected Souls on episode one, and I had a chance to catch up with uh, Holly and Fletch from the bed, and we had a great conversation, so you can go check that out on uh, Spotify or Anchor, or uh, I'm on... Amazon music now, I guess I wasn't on there before. So (laughs) now every podcast I love is dead is on Amazon music for anybody who maybe uses that service, especially for podcasts, but check that one out. And then, yeah, check this band out on September 10th.
0: Yeah. Um, It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you were able to get an interview with disconnected souls. Um, I still talk to them, you know, via Instagram through my cognitive discourse, uh, Instagram. And they've, they've been an amazing band to, to work with, and be alongside with and and I'm glad to to be able to feature them not only on on here but to know that they were able to do an interview with you and it went well. I'm excited for that episode. And I'm same thing with casket robbery which is our band that we're featuring in this episode. They've been amazing uh to talk to. This band I'm super inspired by because these guys and girl um are very in the community. Um they are we were talking before the show they are Entrepreneurs on another level when it comes to uh, the way they approach things outside of their music. Um, they're very friendly with their fans. They stream a lot on Facebook. So uh, if you like their music, definitely add them on Facebook. We'll have all the links down in the description, but add them on there. Uh, I pop in all the time when they do live streams. And a lot of times it's just them just hanging out, talking to the fans. And, uh, you know, they really kind of give you guys a backstage look at. The music, the band, everything, and and I really enjoy these guys. Um, and I know you loved their their newest single that came out. Uh, they had a new song that came out August thirteenth, um, and when it premiered, they were they we got to see it way before it premiered. Um, so we were excited about that, and uh, we told them, okay, we'll hold off and we'll wait and we'll put you in a later episode so we can premiere that on our show. So thank you to Casket Robbery for being amazing. Um, giving me everything that we needed to make sure that we are able to feature you guys properly. And without further ado, I want to read their bio real quick and then, uh, we'll go into their track. Now I need to also look at what track they sent me. They are. Is it the hidden, the hideous? Uh, I think that's the one they sent me, right? Yeah. That's the new one. Yeah, Yeah. The hidden and the hideous. So. That's the song that we'll be playing after this bio here. <laughs> I, I tried to get all my, 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 my research set up and ready to go so it would be flawless, and I still fucked it up, but oh well. Um, so about Casket Robbery. Emerging from the darkness and most uh, desolate areas of the Midwest, Casket Robbery creates its own signature style of death metal by infusing horror and occult themes. The trademark huge riffs are unstoppable grooves created by the unrelenting brutality cat brutality and catchy eerie sound that only casket robbery is known for death metal with a wink casket robbery's intense high energy shows how quickly surfaced a diehard follow has quickly surfaced and has gained a diehard following they continue to show a relentless work ethic and a dedication to their fan base now that is true <laughs> we've we've seen it um, after the release of their debut album casket robbery has toured the united states continuously Hitting large festivals like Full Terror Assault and the Milwaukee SummerFest, Casket Robbery has shared the stage with Cannibal Corpse, Jungle Rot, uh, Illumination. I think is what I can't even pronounce that name. And more, <laughs> uh, your unrelent unrelenting nightmare has just begun. Now they classify themselves as a death metal band, and I think they are very close to a blend of chimera and arch enemy but wages of sin arch enemy like when when arch enemy was badass <laughs> <laughs> um and the band members are troy powell uh who plays guitar brian by. Kosky? Sorry if I messed that up, Mr. Bassman, but you just play bass. I know how it feels. Uh, <laughs> Megan Ovald on vocals and Corey Schneider on guitar. And they're a band from Madison, Wisconsin. So without further ado, here's Casket Rob.